Hello everybody and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Watcher, everyone. Watcher. Yeah, watcher. Buh. Yeah. You're right, Ashley? You're 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 a uh, you're a relic, aren't you? Crusty, or otherwise. Yeah. I don't even know when they said watcher or when they stopped is probably the more important thing, but I'm sure you weren't even born. No, and I don't yet, think so. And the, the thing is, up. the thing is, I didn't even prepare that. I just kind of, that was the word that came out of my mouth. Like, that is kind of horrendous. Out. Disgusting. It's not the first time. How are you, Ashley? I'm all right, thank you. Hope the listener's okay as well. There you go, I Thank you for that. You're making me sound like I'm a preschool uh, program. That's the Am word. I? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, cool. You're all right. We won't I go am. too far into that. No, no point. Because you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's f- Just leave him alone. He's fine. How are you getting on with like a Star Wars? Good. Not actually. We haven't played it much this week. This week. I don't really know why. Disappointing. But I have played Tunic. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited for that coming out to the Switch. Yeah, that is coming out on the Switch. I've been playing it this week on a PC with a very big monitor. Uh, the A big 49-inch ultra-wide beast. Four. It's amazing. Is it as good as everyone says it is? Oh, yeah, it's definitely as good as everyone says it is. There are people saying it's good because it would necessitate them saying it's good if it is as good as they say it is. Like, if they're going, meh. No, I'd the, say it's actually better. The general consensus when it came out was, it'd be good. Four. Yeah. It's yeah. about four levels of good. So, Cool. Yeah, really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's very Zelda-y. One more, one more do you want? I don't know. Uh, there, there, what else? What was I going to say? Oh, I started Immortality as well last weekend. So that, I think that was after we talked. Never heard of but it. It's... Sam Barlow's game, her story. Oh, uh, right. The the new game from him. The one that you when we talked about that, it was about a film or something. It's about a yeah, film star who I think she disappears, and you get access to a big old archive of all of the film footage that includes her, including like the films that she made, but also talk shows that she did and so on. And then you scrub through that uh, film footage looking for clues as to what happened to her. And you can um, like slow motion through it and you can reverse it and f- fast forward it and things like that. What's the verdict? And uh, very good mm. so far. I'm not massively far into it, but yeah, cool. intriguing. And a little bit, I, I think it's enough different from her story that it's worth playing um if you've played that it certainly goes for a different uh me- the, the the mechanics are different because you're actually shot matching uh instead of trawling through a a sort of text database you're looking at the shots and you're saying well that's a microphone i'm going to click on that and see what right. other shots match that and it'll take you to another shot and that way you sort of amass your shots but then there is another thing that i'm not going to go into that mate that when it happens you go oh right okay so it's not as straightforward as i thought and uh then you start looking at things in different ways to the ways that you had been in the first place so similar uh, similar to her story then how that panned out yeah but but in a more mechanical sense i mean that as opposed to in a narrative sense okay well both a mechanical and narrative sense i think so, yeah, so I won't say any more because I'm in danger of spoiling it for anybody that hasn't played it. Is that what we're doing this week, Immortality? No, oh. it's not. This week, we are playing this game where you sail the Caribbean in search of treasure and whatnot. Is it Monkey Island? It's not Monkey Island. Oh. I knew you were going to go there, but it is. Did you see the British do that to trick me because of Monkey Island coming out this week? Monkey Island is coming out as of recording tomorrow, so very excited for that. And it is International Talk Like a Pirate Day tomorrow. Uh, okay, so that's why you've done this. Okay, is it... It's, yeah. Is it... Also because I couldn't do Return to Monkey Island for two reasons. One is because it's not out yet. True. And two, because uh, the... What's the second reason? 
oh, because I've done two new games on the bounce. So, like, two weeks in a row I've done new games, so I figured that I probably shouldn't really do a third, otherwise it ceases to be the, you know, like it becomes a totally different podcast. I can think of a game where you control the pirate ship around, but I can't, right. remember, I can't remember what it's called, so oh. that's probably not very helpful. What, what was it on? PC. Ah, when did it come out? Uh, early noughties, probably. I think I had a demo of it or something. So, let me tell you this. It is both that game and not that game right. at the same time. Okay. Does that help you? No, because I, I can't the remember the game, game that, That's okay. Called. The game that you're talking about, the game that you're thinking of, is Sid Meier's Pirates, with an exclamation mark. And, the, and it came out in 2004. The game that we're talking about is Sid Meier's Pirates, with an exclamation mark. But it came out in 1987. Right, okay. Because Sid Meier's Pirates 2004 was a remake of sorts of this original game, which is the one that I had on the NES. So we're playing a NES pirate-themed game? We are. It is the first game to have the Sid Meier's moniker. Right. Do you know anything about why Sid Meier's name started appearing on game boxes? I'm just going to... As we're recording, uh, yeah, I think that might have been. I'm looking at the 2004 version. I think that might have been the game that I had a demo. It of. definitely is. A lot of people were into Sid Meier's Pirates. I enjoyed it. It's a much. Mm, I, I'll save that. No, I might as well say it. No, no, I won't say it. Actually, I will cut that. To go back to your question, I I'll be honest. I've never really thought about who Sid Meier is and why he's been so blooming cheeky is to plaster his name all over everything he does, like a big arrogant man. Well. Would you believe me if I told you that it was at the suggestion of Robin Williams? What? I'd say exactly. hold the front page. <laughs> so apparently, so uh, Sid Myers is a developer, programmer, who was making games in the 70s, never mind the 80s. And he was um, very well regarded, had had a good run of, of a number of games up to the release of Pirates. And when they were creating pirates when they were in the development process uh bill steely who is uh, sid meyer's business partner was at a like a sit-down dinner with robin williams i don't know why <laughs> but he was at a, a, it was the a 80s. restaurant yeah <laughs> everyone was having dinner with robin williams maybe he was one of the um, background people in mrs doubtfire that came out after 1980 so. that came out way mm. after so probably not but he was at this meal, at this restaurant with Robin Williams, and Robin Williams suggested uh, at the end of the meal that they should try and sell Sid Meier as the star of the games. Right. So they proceeded to do that, and actually it seems to have taken root very strongly, because Sid Meier is a very well-known name now. Was he, obviously, well, I don't, it might not be obviously, uh, or, it might be obvious or not. Robin Williams is a big games fan. It's a fairly well-known mm. fact that his daughter's called Zelda. Um, yeah. What What made Sid Meier so famous up to that point? Because in order for his name to be put on, on, on the game, why was it that Robin Williams said, put put his name there because it's going to make it sell more? Why, why was he so well regarded? Well, because he'd been making game hit after hit, right. as they'd say on a well-known, well, a locally well-known local radio show. Okay. Playing hit after hit. Sid Meier was doing the equivalent of that as a programmer in the 80s. He was making many, many well-regarded games. Can you name You're any? after a list, aren't you? You're trying to, you're trying to bait me into giving you a list. Well, I just... And I, I hate it. I just... I, I can't think of any games that... I, 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 don't, I don't know who he is, I'll be honest. Well, I, I've never played a, a Sid, Sid Meier, Meier game. I, so therefore, I don't really know what his history is. I'll be honest. I always thought or suspected it was a bit like Edward Monkton. You know the cartoonist Edward Monkton? No. They're just the little little sketches of they're all a bit twee. Uh, they're they're big like the mid mid noughties. Um, but Edward Monkton is a they're, they're all purported to be done by Edward Monkton. But it, it's a it's a ruse. It's it's a thing where people cartoonists a series of cartoonists all do these cartoons and they're all in the same style under the alias edward monkton and i i always ah. assumed that sid meyer it was a similar sort of thing where jobbers were like making games and it was released under the sid meyer moniker no definitely not that. i'm actually gonna person. send you i'm gonna send you a picture of him so that you can okay um, can i do that on here i don't think i can yeah, in the chat i'll just show you a picture of him 
little guy on the green background. I can see him. So that is Sid Meier. Right. Uh, we'll go down to his list of games. Yes, yeah? please. Yep. Um, here, here is Pirates. And this is his last five years. So if you look through those. So there's a, there's a lot of games. Yeah. F15. There's a lot of games. And those were, I mean, that, that was just a, a very good run for him. Which led to people wanting him to, you know, make more games. So he did. Fair. But uh, what you will notice is that prior to that five-year run, he was making f- sort of knockoffs, rip-offs of other games. So he made faux Pac-Man and faux Space Invaders in 1981 alone. So, um, yeah. But that's why. Anyway, I guess Robin Williams just liked his games. Yeah. I guess Robin Williams was just like, I'll tell you what. You are the star of the show. Pop your name on the game. Get yourself known. And it worked because you've said that you haven't... Like all of those other games prior to this, people aren't going to remember those. No, sir. Not in any great way. But Sid Meier's Pirates, well-known, well-regarded all over YouTube. I think also the exclamation mark helps as well. I think so too. I Pirates! Not pirates. Pirates! (sighs) Calm down. I also think that his later output will help as well, because he obviously went on to create Railroad Tycoon. Obviously. Which is Sid Meier's Railroad Tycoon. Uh, and Sid Meier's Civilization, which is a huge franchise. Never played it. Mm, yeah, well, you have played Humankind, which is a an episode lost to time, because you've deleted your half of the episode, if you remember. No regrets. And they're very similar, so uh, you've kind of played it. But... He he was all over the place after this, and this is where it started, and it is Robin Williams' fault. I imagine you can say that about a lot of stuff in the 80s, I, I in think a positive so. sense. Oh, okay. Oh, you've got some stories that aren't so positive. Is that what you No, not at all. I was, I was just being controversial for the sake of it. I, I really like Robin Williams. Okay. One hour photo. Good. We Great film. Mm? One hour photo. Mm. That one, that okay. one where he's the the man in the Alaska. Moving with... on. So, what's the story behind this game? Then, when did you play it, and all that? Right. Oh, when did I play it? So, this is one of my Nintendo Entertainment System joints. We use joints quite a lot, don't we? It's a good it's word. one of those. And I got it from. Can you guess where? That shop where they put them on a the blanket. Yeah, Ashby Sales. That's the one. Yeah, down Lincoln High Street. It came. Can you guess what condition? Uh, slightly used without a box and no instruction manual. Oh, yeah. That was the one. Great. Yeah. So that is, you know, sometimes a problem for games, but not always. But here, very much both was a problem and also a blessing. And I will break down for you why. Please. In Pirates, or Pirates, as you said, yep. you sail about in a boat. You can land on islands and you can search for treasure. Or, or other things. Uh, you can be boarded by other pirates and board those other pirates while you're while you're on the sea um, and swashbuckle and all that. Uh, and I actually think as well that you can take part in like cannon fights or sea fights or ship fights. I, I don't really know what they're called. What are they called? Uh, ship fights? Yeah, fights sh- on the sea. I don't know. Brawls. Sea combat. Yeah, sea combat. Let's go with that. Where you fire in your cans at each other. And it all sounds pretty great. And I'm also fairly certain that there's more to it than that. That sounds but, pretty good, especially being a NES game in the late 80s. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, it was it was pretty extensive and very difficult to follow if you don't have a manual. So I was both very, very confused and uh, all inspired by the by this game. I remember finding it deeply frustrating because I never knew what I was doing. <laughs> okay. But at the same time, it was also kind of one of the things that kept me coming back to it because I was I kept getting plonked down in the middle of the Caribbean Sea and nothing. The the Caribbean is literally my oyster. It's not literally my oyster. You know, you know what I'm saying. I do, yeah. But the the Caribbean was my playground. I could go and do whatever I wanted, and that involved fighting pirates on my boat, sorry, ship, and landing on 
islands and trying to attack forts and uh, you know trying to take over towns as a pirate gang trading up ships sinking ships it was it was great so how grandiose it is you just kind of you keep kept wanting to go in and kind of i want to do this this time or this this time and sort of gradually bit by bit actually understanding what the sound heck you're supposed to be doing it was a super early adventure playground that's what it was for me Fab. and it, it was the only one that i had it was as i said very frustrating not knowing what i was supposed to be doing but also somewhat liberating because not knowing what i was supposed to be doing meant that i could do whatever i wanted which yeah. was lovely I've since found out, in fact, I found out today via YouTube that the story, if you actually know what your goals are, because there were some very distinct goals, very clear goals, if you know what they are, the game can be finished in 15 minutes. 15 minutes? 15, yeah. Jeez. I had no idea. You have to be you have to be very clear-eyed in terms of what your targets are and where to get them and what to do when you find them, but 15 minutes. But is that like I one of those things hours. where like Breath of the Wild can be completed in 13 minutes, where it can be done, but no same person is going to actually do it in that time no i think it's a if you know the instructions on how to do it you could reproduce 15 minute playthrough in <laughs> amazing in no time um in but minutes. i didn't because i didn't have the manual i didn't know that i was looking for my sister or various other things so i just did what i wanted so you just meandered about the caribbean sinking ships yeah cool being equally equal equal parts frustrated and enthused it was great did you ever finish it? Of course not, because I didn't know what I was doing. Right, okay. How can you finish it if you don't... Like, it genuinely is, at least in 80s, early 90s terms. I was playing it in the 90s. In that sort of period, I think it was a very, very ambitious game. And something that probably existed in, in other games, but certainly nothing that I came across. It was very, very big, very vast in and and very highly scoped could just could one say sandbox i think it's it is i think it is very much an early sandbox game color me impressed Mm. yeah i i've mentioned you would sail about and uh you would you're in the caribbean sea you would sail about you would find different things like an island or a town or a fort or um other ships and you would then if you like get close to them it would give you a a a text list and you would choose your actions from the text list so those actions might include attacking the town or trading with the town or uh, talking to the governor of the town or or such things and maybe you'd have a a similar variety of options when you approached a ship and those ships might be other pirate ships they might be spanish galleons that are hunting you down or, or or lots of different well i say lots different options in terms of how things might shake out you just keep doing that until you're dead right so at least that was my experience of it like there is an end but as far as i experienced it you keep pushing your luck you keep amassing treasure until you are dead cool Mm. and can you drink grog can you do can't remember oh can you do sword fights yeah you definitely do sword fights so when you when you land on a uh, an enemy ship or they board you you will be the you will be on like a side on view and there will be you and there will be the uh other fighter the other captain of the other ship and you'll be fighting and at the same yeah. time all of your other compatriots will be fighting each other and they'll their numbers will be dwindling i think it was just a numerical representation of, oh. the, of the number of pirates but for you you were actually literally sort of side on swashbuckling your way to safety Buckling swashes left, right, and centre. That was that looked pretty cool, but didn't know how to do it, so <laughs> was pretty difficult at the same time. This is one of those games, I believe, that had a save file. Okay, one of only a handful of Nintendo Entertainment System games that we talked about saves on this system way back when. But this is like the first save system that existed i think i remember you mentioned that when we whenever it was we discussed it in one of the very early episodes and i think i remember it's going oh okay yeah yeah pirates on the nes yeah cool like just just kind of going along with it at the time and not not actually knowing what the game was you yeah you I, did that yeah i was being, Bad times. being polite sounds like you yeah. sounds like you well polite less so but 
we'll move on from that. Uh, the game apparently was, I mean, this is a strange genesis for a game. Uh, the game was born out of one of the programmers that worked with Sid Meier figuring out how to pack a whole image into a font file. And that apparently was a massive breakthrough in the 80s and it, it, computing and programming in general. Uh, I don't know why he was trying, but a whole game came out of it. It sounds dry. I, I Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say to that. I have, there's, no. there's nothing nothing in the tank. No, the overworld, on that, on that note, packing a whole image into a font file, the overworld looks like the results you might expect from packing anything into a font file. Aerial Helvetica all over the place. Pretty dry. Oh. Uh, pre- pretty boring. Pretty drab. However, the other images that are rendered, I think you get some scenes of you as a swashbuckling pirate, and you also get uh, the backgrounds for when you're actually fighting on deck, and I think you get some fort scenes and some town scenes. All of those I remember being pretty well rendered uh, with in pixel art. I really, I think that's one of the most memorable aspects of the game, the the way it looked. It's a game of two halves in that sense, because the overworld's not very pretty, but the actual events that take place are. You can choose historical periods as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they span over a century or so, I believe, of pirating. And you can choose which century, uh, which period you want to... Uh, take part in and then depending on what you, what period you choose different uh, towns or cities will be uh, existent or non-existent in the world depending on that's pr- what was going on that's pretty impressive yeah so it was actually uh, quite well regarded for its historical accuracy which is interesting because when Sid Meier was asked about it he said that they in the office have a joke that that they only do the research after the game's finished uh, and that if he read too many books, he would create a game based on the books. Pirates was a game about pirate movies, not the period. That was his uh, response to the historical accuracy of the game. And yet, it's something that was well regarded. How strange. So, I can cert- I know, yeah. I can certainly see what he's saying about it being a pirate movie game, though, because it's it definitely tries to capture the sense of adventure, the swashbuckling side more than anything. I have so two things before we kick into the game. I first off, I found the manual for us. I've had a little read through it. Excellent. It it is packed with education. I'm sure you're going to be riveted to hear. Like it's got a whole page devoted to all of the different directions as they relate to the positioning of a ship. Don't don't sigh. Come on. The diagram below illustrates the terms for different points of sailing. So if you're going forwards, that's beam reach, as is going apparently backwards. Confusing. Uh, if you're going slightly to the right, it's close hauled beam reach. Then sort of, uh, you know, like a two o'clock, that's close hauled, all the way around to into the eye of the wind and so on. It's, um, that's just one page. I mean, there's there's about 14 more points to that uh to that di- diagram as well it's fair got play to run- for this this accuracy so they've certainly certainly gone with it there that that's as what charitable as i can be about that it's got a rundown of eight different types of ship and i believe that you can use all of those ships in the game but it's got like the cargo space like the size of the cargo hold. It's got the number of guns that it could carry, the number of personnel that it could carry, uh, the typical crew and passengers, uh, the best point of sailing, which relates to that diagram that I was uh, talking about, uh, and the best speed that they could reach. So it's basically top trumps for ships. Yeah. Uh, What else has it got? It's got... Oh, it's got... I mean, it's got some actual gameplay... I oh, thoughts well, as well. Novelty. Yeah, like it's telling you how to play the game, but it's also telling you how to be a pirate. So it's pretty cool. If only Guy Street would have been given that manual at the start of Monkey Island 1. Precisely. One of the other things that he might have been given that every player of this game that bought it on the Commodore 64, which is its original platform, every player that bought it on that was given a, a map of the entire Caribbean as part of the the caribbean now or the caribbean then 
That's a good question, and I don't know the answer. I'm assuming that it was like a historically accurate map of the Caribbean. But given that this game takes place on various different time periods yeah. in the Caribbean and changes because it, on that on that regard, I don't know how useful it actually would have been. Just just a map, just for. I mean, the islands wouldn't have changed, would they? They'd no. have always been there. So you know, you might have rocked up, and the town was either there or not. But the island was definitely there. It's, it's a nice gesture, isn't it? I thought it was a great giveaway. I genuinely yeah. did. Like you, these days, you get a plastic toy, and those days you got an actual accurate map. We took anything. One, we... one to twenty thousand scale. Don't you get manuals of games now, do you? Oh, we sound. No, we, we don't. We sound got old. One of these. We sound old. Let's move on. Yeah, but this ma- this manual is genuinely very good. It's like reading a book. So I'm going to send it over to you before we start. Right. Well, while you get that PDF ready to to send over to me. Um, obviously, it's going to take me a while to, to read that from the sounds of it as well. Shall we uh, shall we set sail at the same time then? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Consider my timbers well and truly shivered. Yay! I think I understand that because I... shiver your timbers. Whoa! Yeah, well, I I said it. I don't know what it means. Can you explain it to me? Really? Yeah. Well, I understand uh, like in in terms of a ship, but like, can a person have their timbers shivered? It's a it's a piratey expression. Yeah. It is. You know, it's a figure of speech. It is. I don't think that they have a... I mean, now you're making me wonder. I don't think it has a a literal sense. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that was my point. I questioned while saying it. Is, is it, is it... I always assumed it's to be ships. I think I'm labouring the point, so let's, let's just move on. Yeah, it could be that maybe, like, a pirate with one leg that their, would maybe have had a wooden leg... Their timbers would definitely be shivered. Yeah. And they would shiver the timbers while walking over them as well with one leg. I'm trying to help you out, but it is very tenuous. I'm so, so I'm so sorry. Sorry. It's okay. Right. Pi- pirates! Exclamation mark. Pirates? Question mark. What do you think? Hmm. Good question. Single word question. Is it a question? Is it a sentence? We don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. But uh, I think I was very pleasantly surprised. One of the games that gave me most frustration in my childhood, I actually really quite enjoyed playing this evening in a way I didn't expect to. Okay. What did you think? Uh, Similar. I am very impressed by the scope of the game. Like we said in the first half about we we, uh, pontificated on whether it was a sandbox and it turns out it is. It's a sandbox Mm. on the NES. It does a really good job of actually making you feel like a pirate there's a, there's a lot of depth to it and there's a lot of branching that's i'm really impressed by how the game pans out but my concern my reservation is at the um as they've tried to make it as parity as possible in trying to make you live the life of a pirate i feel that the game side of it has got lost i don't think so there's a level of planning and decision making in there that requires you to engage with the systems of the game and you are very much trying to maximize your plunder in order to keep your ship going over a a distinctive period of time we were almost certainly i can speak for myself and i think i can speak for you playing on easy yes i was so those things might have got slightly lost in that because one of the things that happened to you is you got arrested, you got put in prison and the consequences of that were that a few months passed and then you got released from prison because your pirate crew came and rescued you. So it didn't feel so much like you'd lost out really on anything. But I don't know if that would have been the case if you were on a higher difficulty or not. I think that was maybe a choice to make things less onerous than they could have been. 
Well, that, let's, um, take it, let's take into that then. You said about the whole thing about um, getting arrested and being in prison. Like, that's an example of one of the things I've said about how the game branches and how it makes you feel like a pirate because it, it, at so many steps of the game, you're given so many options as to what to do and whatever you do then impacts on your main overriding quest and it's it's just so well structured. I'm, I'm really impressed by how they've managed to do this on hmm. NES. I think... If we tie that into your cons, your your wondering about whether it's a game, I suppose that would would rest on how much you think a text adventure is a game, because True. a lot of the uh, gamification of the of a text adventure comes in the choices that you make, mm. and I think here it's a very choice driven thing. And there is also a lot of text. We we talked about while playing it how, as a usage of six, when you played this, I, I mm. if I played this when I was six, I wouldn't have had a clue what was going on because I wouldn't be able to understand the words. I'd probably have to read them, but I wouldn't have understood what the meaning was. So I guess your point there about to be a text adventure is actually pretty accurate. Actually, it's very narrative driven, more narrative driven than I remember it being. And I think depending on the day, I would have engaged with that writing, or I would have ignored the writing and done the piety bits. The gaminess of it as well. There, there are things that maybe you didn't engage with. Sorry, I keep bringing it back to that. But right. we, I, I feel like we haven't addressed it fully. But there's the trading elements that you didn't necessarily get fully scripts with because I think it takes a lot of practice to get good at that and you have to be visiting multiple towns to to be able to make to benefit from the trading elements. Well, the, trade, the trading element works by how, like, if there's an area where they're really into sugar, for example, you could maybe go somewhere else, stock up on sugar, and then sell back and sell the sugar back to them. Well, and that's one of the systems, which, again, I think is really impressive. But the, I mean, sugar wasn't an available thing, was it? It was goods and crops. You could buy goods and crops. Oh, I had sugar. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. There's there's an element that I wasn't even aware of and a, a level that I wasn't even aware of because I largely had goods and crops available to me and in different places around the Caribbean, goods and crops were worth more or less. So I was sort of deciding whether to stock up my um, stores with goods and crops so that I could then take them and become some some kind of trader. But if you do that, if you fill up your hold with stuff to trade when you eventually and you always certainly will when you eventually come into contact with an enemy ship or any ship you can attack any of the ships even ships of your own nationality um you will not have the storage to take all of their stuff so if you um if you come out of that victorious maybe your plunder is not going to be so big and then your crew's going to get angry um and also, your crew might get angry if you stock up on the, all these goods to trade and don't take enough food, and mm. then they get very hungry. I had a couple of times where my men started to mutiny, and I had to quell the mutiny. Um, and all of these things are happening as a response to the choices that I've made, either to not take enough food or to, um, or, or, or whatever, you know. So that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's what the main drive of the game engine here is the choices that you make in response to the uh things that are going on and how that plays out as well when you go explore different towns when you visit taverns there will be a text box that will appear to say about how you've told the innkeeper of your your latest um, adventure and mm. when you attacked this ship that was owned by this national this nationality which again this it, it reminds me a lot of in uh the 3D GTA games that were on the uh, the PlayStation 2, how on the radio you'd have things that would kind of play over in the news that would be a response to what you have done in previous missions. I always thought that was amazing. And it turns out there was a game on the NES doing that sort of thing 15 years mm. earlier. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned I, I didn't um, really think about that, but yeah. You mentioned nationality as well, which is maybe you should explain that a bit as well. So this whole idea of branchingness there are four different nationalities you can choose from english dutch french or spanish and then we talked about time periods in the first half as well there are actually six different time periods you can choose from and obviously the map mm. then changes depending on which of those time periods so you've got each time period four different nationalities that's 24 different play styles you then choose when you're creating your character you can have them where they're, they're good at, at sword fighting they're good at sailing they're good at this so you then tailoring the experience even further like yeah. how broad the game's scope is 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 mm. remarkable yeah and very well delivered just so passable 
I didn't really feel confused at all by any of it mm. um, at any point. So, yeah, absolutely that. Another thing that I was quite impressed by and kind of remember elements of this when I was younger, playing it playing it as a child, but the whole package feels very evocative of sailing and being at sea. And it starts with the title screen, which I know that you were very mm. impressed with as well. Yeah, it's just this simple graphic of two ships with the sunset in the distance. And there was just this simple effect where the reflection of the sun setting sun on the water, it was going th- uh, from one frame to another frame uh, over the course of one second per frame to create an illusion of the sunset on the, the water itself. And really mm. simple animation, but it was so effective. Also, yeah, and the colouring of it really lent itself to... Uh, bringing about this sense of you being on a sh- on a ship at sunset, and also the music as well throughout the whole game. The music is is was really good as well. Jolly, I was, I, was yeah. about, I was about to say really effective. I managed to stop myself in time. Oh, <laughs> but it was it was effective in what it was trying to do, which is evoke this sense of the uh, pirate life. Yeah, that, and, and it wasn't the... just the music either. It was the sounds, the soundscape. They they really push the boat out in terms of creating this sound of water and wind and they are the two key aspects of sailing Mm. um and without that it would have been a very empty soundscape but all they've really done is make a whoosh sound (laughs) it plays plays every five seconds or so yeah, but it take it takes a lot of confidence actually, I think. I've said that as a negative, but actually I think it takes a lot of confidence to re- just to to spare things back. To, sorry, to pair things back and make it spare. Um they yeah, I think it was a good choice. Maybe they couldn't quite fit in the the font file. Maybe. But yeah, the whole package was very evocative, I thought. Yeah. Even even like the long stretches at sea, like it, it wasn't like packed with different islands to visit. There were actually stretches that if you hadn't planned correctly, and I hadn't, you would find yourself at sea for quite a long time and you would end up with mutinies like I did. But you would also start to feel the malaise that yeah. that you hear about in pirate stories of not seeing land for a long time. That actually started to kick in. So, and also the gameplay, the the winds kind of going. If you want to go somewhere where the wind wasn't quite in your favour, then it then made it very difficult to get to where you wanted to go, which was frustrating as a gameplay choice, but also very evocative. Yeah. So that actually leads me into one of the quibbles that I have with pirates. Pirates, and that uh-huh. is that the the so the winds always come from the east. That might well be a an accurate depiction of the Caribbean, and actually an interesting insight into the difficulties of sailing, because the wind always coming from one direction must make it very, very difficult. And for me, it was making it very difficult. One of the things that I did was I sailed to the west, and just because of what I noticed, I went all the way north and found that there was an upper bound to the map, and they right. hemmed it in with with land so i wanted to see if that bound if that that land boundary existed all the way around and it uh what i ended up doing was sailing all the way west hoping to turn around and come back the other way but found it far too difficult to do because the wind was always coming from an easterly direction so my ship just wasn't getting anywhere very fast it would have taken me actual days not just in-game days yeah. actual days to be able to make it to like the main area of the game again so i found that a bit of a pain um i can't remember what the other one was oh i know that you had one when you got out of your ship and uh, tried to explore a, a an island I'd, I'd forgotten about that a bit so when you when you land on a piece of land these three little stick figures get off the boat and two frames of animation this sort of over to the left over to the right slightly to create an impression of them walking and they are achingly achingly slow and i landed on this massive landmass and was trawling across trekking across this this enormous landmass trying to find um, some settlements to go to to do some trading or whatever and that there weren't any so i gave up and then had to trek all the way back to my boat it took 
minutes. And yeah, it, was, it, it, it took was just, too long. It was tedious for the sake of tedium. It's whether it was for the sake of tedium. I'm not really... I, I don't know whether... Perhaps it was trying to discourage you from exploring too much on on foot. Yeah, and I think from that, my learning curve was I'm just going to stick for settlements that are by the sea. And it turns out that seems to be how settlements were. But it was the first landmass I went to my very first playthrough. So maybe mm. you're right. Maybe it is some some learning for the game from the game for me as a player, possibly. But then why not just make it easy to to, to traverse land yeah. if the main goal is to stay in the boat show people that that land doesn't really have very much to offer make it easy to get back in your boat and then you quids in aren't you people yeah. will stay in their boats for the most part because it was it so, was yeah. just it was boring really boring mm, yeah um i thankfully didn't uh, go for that but it was more to do with uh look than anything you did it first and therefore i didn't have to go through True. the pain yeah the other thing that i haven't noticed uh that, that i haven't mentioned and it is coming back to the idea of it as a game um but i was doing so one of the things that i think sometimes i think you'd agree but do correct me if i'm wrong uh you sometimes struggle when a game is too open and doesn't give you clear objectives yeah, I try with this game. I tried to play it as you did when you were a tot, and I I had a quick flip through the instruction manual, but I'll be honest, I got bored. So I just went in to just see what would happen, and yeah, I did find it quite quite something. I, I managed to eventually understand what I was supposed to be doing, but I don't think I really made any great gains. I don't think I'm going to go down history as a great pirate. Mm. So I landed in this game the same as you did. I uh, found a ship. My goal really was to trying to get into the uh, details of what the game had to offer and the depth of the details of the game. Um, so I found my first ship, I sailed around a little bit, found my first ship. I had some options. I could investigate it or I could sail away. I investigated it. It was a Spanish ship and I'm, I was Spanish. So I thought, well, do, do I want to attack my fellow uh, men? No, I don't. What are my options then? I can hail them for news or I can attack them. So I'll hail them for news. The news then gave me this rundown of what was going on across the Caribbean islands. Mm -hmm. And I use that as as like orientation um, in a sense. Um, I was also told when I landed on my first, in, in my first town, I was told by a Spanish governor that the Spanish were at war with the French. And I was Spanish. So I used that as another goal orientation uh, thing. I th I figured I'd go sailing. I'd been told at the beginning of the game that the French were in the north, so I sailed north. If I encountered a ship and the ship was French, I would attack it. If it was not French, I would sail away. And that became my goal. It was to take out as many French ships as possible. I then came upon a town. Then this town was a French town. So I attacked it. I took it out and then I installed a Spanish governor. And that was how I sort of found my motivation. I became... I became a, um, what do you call it? It's Rags Riches, isn't it? I became a privateer for the, for the Spanish nation. I ended, I went out and I tried to do everything I could to take out the French on behalf of the Spanish. And that's really good that you've got all that gameplay. That's all coming from you reading that text and inferring, yeah, that's what the game wants me to do. I want Not to even that the game wants me to do, that that is a story that it can tell. Yeah. If I embrace it. I, I want a nice text box to come up and say, this is what you need to do. I'll go and do it. Thank you. That's mm. what I want. Yeah. I And I can see why that would be a problem here, because what it's trying to do is lay out some thoughts for you to then put together for yourself. Exactly. So... Yeah. yeah, so I think I, I think the I really point is kind that. of like um, too too long didn't read or too long didn't listen. I guess is that I I'm you're coming at it as kind of like experience as kind of like yeah this is this is making you feel like a pirate. Mm. I'm coming at it saying like I appreciate that, but I want I want more game, please. There was a level of, there was a level up system as well though, that, and that's what I found through taking on through my exploits. I because I was fa favored by the Spanish. The next time I landed in a Spanish town. I went to the governor and the governor was like, oh, by the way, uh, we really like you. So we're going to promote you to ensign of the Spanish nation. Wait. And we're going to give you 600 acres of land and we're going to give you a new boat. 
And so, yeah, there, there's definitely game there. It's just that you have to find it in your own way. Yeah. I think another pertinent question is, is Microsoft Flight Simulator a game? Wow. It's Pokemon Smile the game. It's the it's... Pokemon Smile's a, a tool. Uh, that's got quite a pretty, uh, quite a clear answer. It's yep. very clear. Okay. Pokemon on. Smile's a tool. Microsoft Flight Simulator, not sure. Not sure if it's a game. I think it's a game if you can find the game. And maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah. It's a... It's a pirate, it's a pirate simulator. Yeah, I agree. Completely. And there's nothing wrong with that. My question to you then: Robin Williams' suggestion of putting Sid Meier's name on the box to make it go into Stella did that yield anything? Was he right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it yielded. And um, I mean, this might have happened anyway, but I think that the very fact that Civilization exists as a franchise and Railroad Tycoon exists as a franchise, and you might argue Tycoon Games on a broader sense, in a broader sense, exist because Sid Meier was given a, a, a... Sid Meier's name was put on this box. It was the first time his name was used as part of the branding, and um, it didn't finish there, so it clearly yeah. did the trick. Um, this has got a lot of the DNA that led into the other simulation experiences that he tried to or, or did successfully create likes of like um railroad tycoon and so on so yeah if you look at it in that sense it was a very good decision because it allowed the it allowed the man sid meyer the scope to be able to create some of uh gaming's greatest franchises in the future and what's it up to these is that days? the answer that you want like i can't remember the question to be honest i, I was just curious to know whether um it, it was the right thing to do, or whether it should, should, should have just been called Pirates! Exclamation mark. Like, was there any need to put Sid Meier's name on? Probably not any need, but I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, needs probably wrong with that. Yeah. Um, what's he up to these days, then, old Sid? I don't, I don't know to be honest. I think there was a there was a conscious choice many years ago to take a step back from uh, development and. I think, though, he let his name be used on some future games. Um, it's like a brand in itself, isn't it? Yeah, though, Ace Patrol. I remember Ace Patrol being a game. I've got that and I haven't played it, so I can't really speak of its quality or lack thereof. But I don't think he takes... Like, Sid Meier's Civilization is still the name of the franchise, but I actually don't think that he's he's actively involved in the... Right development anymore but i could be wrong so take it with a pinch of salt and you mentioned in the first half of this game got remade was it in 2004 have you played that at all yeah i did did you play it or did you just have a demo that you never touched well look at the screenshots i i think i either had a demo or and i was thinking while playing the game uh today um i might be muddling it up with the bits in curse of monkey island where you sail around and um attack other people's ships oh Right, so okay. uh, basically, I'm not really sure. Mm. Well, it's a much easier to follow game for a start. I think they've pared back the text, and there's more game there. If it, or, or sorry, not that there's more game there, but there's They're definitely a it. better balance between mm. storytelling and game. Um, and it's it's less obfuscated by the storytelling elements. Um, so you might get on with that actually a lot better. Uh, I think the pace is much uh, quicker as well. And I'm thinking that it might well be easier, although it might also be that the quality of life improvements that will have inevitably happened mm-hmm. between 1987 and 2004 will have lent itself to feeling easier. Well, I'll, I'll look so, on... Sorry, carry on. No, sorry. I had a look at some images on Steam. It does look really nice. Um, mm. It's currently £6, which I think is pretty good. Yes. Um, sad- I'd recommend. Sadly, this version is not available on Steam. Uh, is it available anywhere no. else at all? Or as not? far as I'm aware, it is not. I don't imagine, to be honest, that it's going to be pulled out of the vault by anybody, unfortunately. There's, there's probably no need to, is there, if this remake came out? Yeah, the remake is a broadening out of things as well. I I don't know. This one had a dis- 
very distinctive feel. And I feel like this was far more, I know that we've used the word a lot, but it really was evocative of being a pirate and the pirate life uh, than the pirates of 2004 was. That felt far more polished and pretty and streamlined, but just didn't really have that sense of struggle as far as I remember. I felt like I was always winning. And I can't imagine that a pirate's life was, you know, except for the very small few of few top pirates, you know, like the 1% of the pirate world. Except for them, I can't imagine anyone really having a particularly pleasant and amazing and abundant life. I think it was probably quite difficult. And this did that, whereas the 2004 version, I think, made it too easy, maybe. So key question, has it wet your whistle for this week's Monkey Island? Absolutely. And that was actually one of the goals, really, to uh, celebrate Monkey Island without being able to actually present (laughs) that as a game because it's the day before it releases. So, um, yeah, it it definitely is. But then my my whistle was wetted a long while ago as soon as it was announced. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Champion of it. Mm Mm-hmm. By this point, I might have finished it as well. By the time people are listening to it, <laughs> this episode, might have finished the game. So, um, yeah. Good times. Well, thank you for bringing Pirates! Exclamation mark today, Ashley. Next week will be uh, one of my games. Um, so come along and listen to that, please. In the meantime, if you could join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and do all the usual podcast things as well, that would be a lovely thank you. Yes, please. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Cheerio. Cheerio.